Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. We took a quick summer break in July, and I had a chance to reconnect with family and enjoy a bit of traveling. I'm feeling refreshed and ready to kick off what I always consider the new year because we're headed into the back-to-school mode. Great time for a fresh start. Don't forget to join the Healthy Family Project podcast Facebook page, and you can also follow us on all of the social media outlets. We're, we're on everything out there, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok, um, Facebook, of course, and the group is a great spot to continue conversations from the podcast, um, connect with the audience, share information, and many of our guests are also in that group. So if you have questions specifically for any of our guests, they are usually willing and in attendance to answer your questions. Today's topic is perfect for this time of year, uh, really any time of year, but um, these tech tips that our guest is about to share with us um, will hopefully lessen your load, lessen the load for your family as we move back into, um, you know, full speed ahead with school and activities and um, some pretty useful, useful things that we can implement into our daily lives. So today we are talking with Jennifer Johnstone Lopez. She is the mother of three and wife to a serial entrepreneur, Ricky. I've known uh, Jennifer from a, a previous job uh, many years ago, so I'm great to reconnect, grateful to reconnect with her today um, to find out what she's up to and get some of her insight. She is the um, international award-winning digital marketer and a co-founder and managing partner of Jalapeno Digital. Why I Cried, Tales from a Hysterical Pregnant Woman is her debut book, though she is credited with many other published works. Uh, Super cool. A portion of the proceeds from the book go back to supporting postpartum support international PSI.org. And we'll be linking up to that book and that organization in our show notes. This year, she is slated to publish the next book in the series called Why I Laughed, Tales from Talkative Toddlers. Jennifer's mission is to help women see the joy in pregnancy and motherhood, to remind them to take time to breathe, laugh at themselves, laugh with their kids, and find camaraderie among other parents, encouraging them to build a strong tribe. Also, since she has a background in digital marketing, she is up to speed on all of the tech tips. I think she'd have to with three kids under three, running an agency, writing her books. Um, She is up to speed on all of the tech tips that parents might not even know exist. And she loves sharing about tech tips, resources, and simplifying parenthood. Everything from apps to getting a load of laundry done to the best resources out there to meal plan and prep. So let us jump in and learn all we can. We all want to take a little stress out of our lives and uh, hopefully we walk away today with being able to do that. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. I am so glad you're here today. Glad to reconnect. But before we jump in on our tech tips for parents, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Sure. Thanks so much for having me today. 
Um, to give you a little bit of background, I have three kids. They are ages one tomorrow, um, it's their birthday. <laughs> and then I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old as well. And I am a work-from-home parent, so I run my own business. Um, I'm also the author of a book, so I am kind of trying to figure out how I can manage it all. And tech for me has been a really huge help in my parenting journey. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like you're just a little busy, but good busy because you, you know, it's all good. So <laughs> we, we want to know sure. how to be like you. Um, so let's kick it off. What are some of the most, you, what's some of the most useful technology that you've come to rely on as a parent? So I would actually break this down into like a few different categories. So for me, I kind of put my technology into different buckets, right? So there's the task management and implementation bucket. And that's all the tools that can like help me get chores done, like grocery delivery, meal planning apps, um, meal prep, any laundry services. There's even apps where you can have someone come give you a car wash. Um, So all that task management and implementation is in one bucket. The next is home automation. So I'm very big on having an automated home. So we use Nest, a ring doorbell, um, a robot back, Alexa. There's so much cool tech for the house that helps everything run smooth. And then the last bucket for me is what I call the make it easy tech. So um, these are kind of like the extras. They're not necessarily apps, um, but there's things that we do around our house that kind of keep our family running smooth. Um, For example, we use a timer for many things. Um, We'll do apps that help us meditate and things that just make everything a little bit easier on the home front. Awesome. I like the idea of putting those into those buckets and looking at it that way. I feel like when you do that, it kind of, with anything in life, creating those buckets is definitely makes things easier to kind of tackle and look at where you, you know, can need that, where you need the help. So awesome. All right. So anything in those, do you want to talk about like in those categories, your favorite technology in each? Should we go that route? You think? Yeah, I think that would be great. Um, So starting with task management, so for me, I'm very like type A, so having like a list of things is very important. Um, I agree. I have a husband, and so having a list is really important. So um, historically, I would use an app called Any.Do, and it was just like a long-running task list that I would just add to and check stuff off throughout the day. Um, It was just a really simple, straightforward app. So if you're new to lists, any.do is a great one. Um, now I have kind of gone full scale with this. So um, in our home now we use what's called monday.com. And it is very cool. There's a free version. Um, there's all these different boards. So you kind of think of it like Pinterest. So you can make a board like for us, I have a board. We own two properties. So I have a board for each property. I have a board for each kid. Um, I have all different, all different types of boards. I have boards of, you know, shopping and so things I need to buy. And what's cool about Monday.com is you create these different boards and tasks under them, but you can actually invite team members, which is so great. So for example, I have a board for each of the cars, but the cars is my husband's domain. So he's invited as a team member to the car boards and anything on there like oil changes, car washes, he just gets alerts and takes care of and I don't have to bug anybody. Um, this would be super ideal. Like if you have a team who does chores around the house, you could assign ah, them okay. a board <laughs> off. And so, yeah, big like shared task management. Um, so 
Monday.com is a little bit more complex, but has been really great for us. Um, another thing on the task management side that I love is there's an app called Plan to Eat, which is absolutely amazing. Um, Plan to Eat was something that I just didn't know existed. So in our family, we have a lot of like dietary needs. Um, my son had an allergy to egg. Um, my husband has high cholesterol. I'm doing Weight Watchers. So when I was coming up with meals, it was like a very hard, long process, but I had a system. It was me laying in bed and finding recipes and pinning them and, and going to Instacart and ordering delivery. And it was just a process that was like far too long to do every week. But I was kind of like, well, nothing's broken, but it's just annoying. Then I found Plan to Eat and it is amazing. Um, it's essentially an app and a desktop version. It's an empty like database, if you will, and you load it with all your own recipes. Um, there's website scraper tools. So like you could upload all the recipes from like produce for kids or mm -hmm. from your Pinterest board. Right. And um, which is amazing. And what you do is you'll go ahead and they give you a big calendar and you can plan. You like just click and drag all of the meals that you upload to different days of the week. And the part that I love that takes it one step further is once you have that meal plan, you can actually, I do this every Friday, I set a timer for 30 minutes and I set up my menu for the following week and you can click shop and it actually takes your list, it collects all the ingredients together and it makes you a shopping list. So, you know, if one recipe is like a half a cup of flour, one's a full cup of flour, it'll say, okay, you're going to need a cup and a half of flour. Okay. It creates a shopping list for you. And then you can actually send that right to some grocery delivery services like Instacart, which is amazing. So it actually builds a full list for me on Instacart, which I just double check against like ingredients I already have. I just double check this list quickly and set it up for delivery. So that's part of my routine with task management is every Friday, I just plan a week out and I go ahead and get all those deliveries ready so that they come on Monday morning. That's, um, that's awesome. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about meal planning and I know it always sounds, it's a, one of those things where it's like meal planning so hard. It takes so much time, but it's also like one of those things in life, like many others where you put a little bit of work on the front end and then your lack of stress and ability to enjoy time with your family and everything that, you know, is the result of that little bit of work on the um, front end. But this is awesome because anything to make meal planning easier, I think is just great. Yeah. And there's, there's so many different resources. I mean, this is what works for me because we have such customized meals. Um, I upload recipes and I can edit them. So anything that has egg, I just replace with yogurt so I can edit all the recipes too before it goes for like delivery. But some I've had other parents um, that I speak with use things like prep dish um, for, you know, more like bulk, like let's cook a whole bunch of things at once to have it mm -hmm. ready for the week. So meal planning is tricky because there's a lot of preferences and, and time considerations that go into it. But plan to eat has been a savior for me. Um, in terms of home automation, so we do a lot of things. Um, we have Nest, we have Ring Doorbell and Floodlight Cameras, but my absolute favorite has been um, two things. So our robot vacuum, um, it's actually a robot mop. So we have a mop and a vacuum. Oh. I definitely recommend the mop. It is yeah. surprisingly really good. It's not wet floors everywhere. Like I have three kids and no one's flipping all over the place. Like it's not really dramatic. Like you'd think it kind of dries it like as it's um, doing a wet mop. 
So I set up that uh, robot mop mops my house every night. I already have it on a schedule. It it mops the house at 9 p.m. every night. And I wake up to like just a slightly cleaner house, which makes me feel so much better. That is um, awesome. The, what What is the br- like? It, you don't mind mentioning the brand of yeah, your mop? <laughs> it, it's a Roomba. It is a Roomba and um, it's square. So it's the square one, which is most of these vacuums um, and, and mops are circular. And this yes. is just exciting for me because square and it gets under the corners. And mm-hmm. you can set up zones, you know, I can have it don't go in, you know, my daughter's room this time or, and you set everything up and I just keep it automated. So like nightly at 9 PM, um, and there's a little bit of upkeep on it, you know, you have to put more solution in or, you know, clean the right. mop pads, but other than that, it's super easy. Um, for me, like a clean house is a happy house. So, yes, I so agree. Anything do. yeah. Um, and then my other favorite thing that, um, goes into the home automation is new for us, but it is those like automated locks on your doors with like people have them where they're um, digital or they're keypads. But we have like a very active neighborhood. We have kids. They're constantly like ringing my doorbell asking for my kids to come hang out. I mean, kids are like two and four, <laughs> but they're they're hanging out outside with all of these kids and people are going in and out of the house. And so for me, having um, the passcode on the door where the kids, like my kids can get into the house if they get locked out and the door automatically like locks behind us um, has been really, really helpful. I can imagine, you know, if we're talking about kids going back to school, like for any teens that, you know, take the bus or get home before mom and dad, not having to worry about whether your kid has their key and they just have a passcode they can type in to get in and out of the house. Right. Um, sounds like it would just be so awesome for any, you know, parents willing to, you know, invest in some home automation. And it. then let's, yeah, the last thing in my make it easy bucket, I feel like this is really simple, but it's, it's not an app, but we use, it's a actual like physical clock. It's called the time timer. You can get it on Amazon. It's perfect for my kids because it's a really visual clock. So um, you would think of it almost like, you know, those like sand clocks that you like flip over and the sand yeah. falls down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like that, but it's, it's actually by minute. So it's an actual clock face and it kind of shows red and how much time you have left and it ticks down. And for kids my age, so we're talking like toddler ages, having a timer for things where they can visually see when I say we're going to do this in five minutes or 10 minutes, they don't know what that means yet. So this like helps mm-hmm. them understand that. So we'll set a timer for like tons of different things. Like if, you know, I'm working from home and my son really wants to hang out, I'll just say, Hey, we're going to do that in 10 minutes and I'll set the timer. And he gets it. He's like, Oh, I see when this clock beeps and all the red is gone that's when we're going to do stuff together. So making it easy, I think is really great. I use that for morning tasks too. Like this is when we're going to leave for school or we're going to take a bath um, once this timer goes off. So the timer has been huge. My kids actually really love it. Um, funny story again, they're, you know, a year, two years and four years old. My son told me he was going to set me a timer. So he said, yeah, I'm going to set you a timer for 25 minutes. And I was like, if I can get a 25 minute shower, that would be literally insane for me. So um, I, I love, love it. Like you know, it's quick five minute showers at this age. So um, getting them to set you a timer, you might get a lot more time than you bargained for. So I like that. Yes, for sure. All right. Um, 
what do you else are, we have that will make it easy? Um, what about relaxing? Do you have like for us parents, like I just, cause I just had this conversation, like how do I shut, shut it off? How do I like let it go at night? <laughs> Uh, so I'll tell you how I do, and I probably do this, I would say, I'm maybe closing on three times a week that I do this, but there is an app, it is a, it is an app that you pay for, they might have a free trial, but it's called Mama Zen, and it is like nightly meditation or, or music, but you can kind of pick the category so that you start, they give you like a little quiz, like the age of your kids, and um, if you're pregnant, that's one, like if you're pregnant or recently postpartum, or, you know, even if you have kids or in the teens and every night you can pick or it'll recommend a new meditation for you. So, um, like for example, one of the meditations I listened to, like not long ago was like letting go when the house is a mess. Like it was just one of those days and it was like a nice meditation right before I went to bed that, you know, there's, I feel like there's not a lot of things out there that's like meditation, but specifically in your parenting journey. Um, They even have a few, it's called Mama Zen. They do have a few uh, tracks for dads too, um, which, which is really cool. And so it kind of just helps you kind of think about things, you know, from a parenting perspective and kind of let go of some of those expectations um, so that you can have a healthier, happier day in the morning. That's for sure. I know. I really need to look into that because I think that's cool. Cause I, so this kind of will segue into our, our, my next question for you, but you know, you're like, okay, I need an app so that I can relax. And then you go to the search and it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many and now I'm stressed and now there's so many. And then you like, you know, try one, you're not sure if you like it. And then it's like, okay, now you have to pay like whatever to continue on. And then if you're me, it's like, all right, this is too stressful. So my next question (laughs) Technology, it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. You know, there's many that are like, all right, I just need to do all all of this old school. So how do you suggest managing, I guess, all the things? Like I said, I feel like I'm constantly downloading something new to help me and then end up not using it and feeling distressed that I can't like find the right thing. And then I have all these apps on my phone and just clogging things up. So how, how do I do it? (laughs) Yes, I will tell you. So I actually have a few tips for that. So one of the things that I realized with me is like, there, one of the things that I guess stresses me out, like just as a parent, as a person is clutter. So the more clutter there is, like to me, clutter, I heard someone once say clutter is just a bunch of like unmade decisions. Like you just don't know what to do with this. You don't know if you need it. You don't know if you want to keep it. And so what I think people downplay is that digital clutter is a real thing too. And so I'll, I'll walk through these tips, but I think that we all have so many apps on our phone that it comes to like decision overload. So before even downloading any new apps to help you simplify your, your parenting journey, my first thing is clear out every app you're not using first. There's hundreds of apps, I'm sure hundreds, that just need to be deleted. Just get rid of stuff because it'll be decision overload. It makes it harder to find the things that you are using. So that's the first thing is clear out anything you're not using. Um, next, the apps that you really use or want to use to put them on your home screen on your phone. Um, you'll be able to get to them quicker. There's no searching. You don't forget you have them. Um, another thing that can help with that is enabling notifications. So 
I am very particular about notifications from apps. Like I have almost zero notifications. In fact, I have almost like my phone only actually rings when it's my kid's school or my husband or my mom. <laughs> the only times my phone rings, everyone else is on silent um, because I don't like to be disruptive. Like I'll check my phone, you know, a million times a day. But if I'm in the middle of something, a phone ringing can kind of like pull me out. So I would say for, for apps to really care about enable the notifications that's going to help you see them more often and find that right cadence. So some apps, you know, will notify you every day. You can back that off to like a couple times a week. Um, so in, in regards to finding the right tech for your family, like what, what apps are out there and, you know, is this something that's going to help you? The way I started really figuring out the right tech for us was writing out our pain points and really asking like, how can you make it easy? Um, you know, a huge pain point in our family has been sleep. Not only sleep for me, which the Mama Donna app like actually really helps with, but sleep for my kids. So I wrote out as like my kids' sleep time is one of the most stressful things, especially as we're getting into like a new school year and you're going to have to reset like summer bedtimes versus like you have to go to school and wake up early. So writing out those pain points kind of helps point me in the right direction. Like I need something to help them go to sleep at night. So for us, one of the things we use is the Moshi app um, tells bedtime stories and soothing music for your kids. So sometimes we'll use the app if we're having a tough time going to sleep. And then we'll use an okay to wake clock. So, you know, for an older kid, maybe it's just an alarm clock. But for my kids, they would get up at like four in the morning and be standing at my bedside. And I was like, what are we doing? Yes. An okay to wake clock is like it turns green when you should come out you actually should be awake and kind of helps that like internal clock get back right. on track so identifying those pain points right is going to help you find like what type of tech should you be looking for and then when it goes into that research um, I recommend reaching out to any parenting groups mom groups that those groups have helped me really find the tech that's where I found plan to eat in one of the groups I was in um, but of course, before downloading anything, definitely check reviews and really look at the feature sets. So like you said, sometimes you'll download an app and it's like not exactly what you wanted. It didn't have everything. So like I just avoid all of that by just making sure that I'm really reviewing the features. So, you know, if, for example, if Monday.com like didn't have that teammate feature, that would have been a deal breaker for me because I wanted my family to have access to certain boards so that they can help me with things. I didn't want right. to just manage an entire home on my own um and then the last thing is if you don't use it within a week or two just delete it um if you find something that even if you think it's really cool and you're not and you're not using it I don't just keep it on my phone because that helps you know kind of enhance all of that clutter and all of that decision overload and I think it takes away from the time with the apps that do help make our lives easier yeah I agree I just looked down at my phone and um as you were talking and it it's really overwhelming because I do have so many apps and I just need to go through and really do inventory. Like, what am I actually using here? Because um, there's a lot of it that I'm like, oh, I don't know. I might have used it here and there, or, you know, and you can always re-download it too, you know? So yeah, sure. I, feel, I feel like it's like deleting. Sometimes you feel like it's forever gone, but like, you know, if I need it, I can get it back. Um, yeah. I do. And just looking down at my phone too, I'm like, oh, I have all of the little red. Um, maybe you have a tip for this. All of the notifications, I don't know if they're called notifications, but so like, for right. instance, like my YouTube app has 201 next to it. 
And I hate that because it makes me feel like 201 things I haven't like checked in on. So I maybe need to go into all those settings and fix something because that makes me feel like. (laughs) You know, things are so like reverse, you know, I mean, back in the day before like internet was really like on our phones, it used to be us reaching for our phone because we needed something. And now it's the phone like pulling us in, like the phone being like, you're needed here, you're needed mm-hmm. there. But like I had to, I mean, it was a couple a couple months ago, maybe like late last year that I really was like, hard stop. Like I'm in control of when I look at my phone, how often I look at my phone and all of these things. I mean, that's why it's, it's actually hard for people. Like if you're going to call me, you're, you're likely better to get through with a text. But like I, I silence a lot. I silence a lot of notifications. I silence a lot of calls. Um, I don't have all of the notifications that come through unless it's an app that I really, really use. But right. you know, the reason I did that is because you're, you're always reaching for your phone anyway. Like, how about a time you're welcoming that? Like, you're reaching for your phone because you want to go to your YouTube to check your notifications. Like, it's not like you're going to forget that you have YouTube all of a sudden. Right. You do that. Maybe you don't need YouTube. But you know, like it's, you know, going on Instagram, like I don't need all the, I don't have any notifications come through for Instagram, for Facebook, like nothing's that immediate, you know, like if you need me, send me a right. text, right? Like I get to check Instagram probably twice or three times a day without even realizing it just mindlessly on my phone. I don't want it to pull me in. Right. That's actually a really good tip that you, if you can reverse that where the phone isn't pulling you in, you're the one going, like making that conscious choice. I think overall, that's just really a great way to kind of set it up and look at it. Um, all right. So, oh, before we move on from that, because, you know, it's all about me and solving my problems. Um, <laughs> photos on your phone as a parent, I feel like we just, I mean, back in the day, I, well, actually I've asked my parents, I'm like, why do you have no photos of this? Like, did no one take a picture? My mom's like, it's so different. You know, we had to develop, go develop our film and pay for our film and pay for the developing. And so we were a little more selective. Like we couldn't take like 30 photos of your first step or like whatever. We just, it's just wasn't how it how it is. So now I look at my phone and I won't even tell you how many, what my photo and video count is right now. Um, but I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I need to take 35 photos of, you know, the whatever Sarah, the honor roll ceremony or whatever it might be. Um, do you have any apps or tech that helps like get you on track with getting rid of photos? (laughs) So sort of, so sort of. So one thing I do is I have a backup for all my photos. So that's the first thing. If I never want to like lose my phone. First of all, I don't understand the cloud. As techy as I am, I don't get the cloud. So I mean, the, the like the iPhone cloud, whatever right. that is, whatever I like pay for all this storage for, like I don't know where they actually are. I'm actually afraid to plug my phone into my computer because I feel like every time I do that, I lose something right. or like my husband's contacts merge with mine. So I don't understand that cloud. But what I do have is Google Photos. So everything I have is backed up with Google Photos. So anytime I take a photo, it automatically is going to um, my Google Drive. And I didn't really have a great way of organizing this, just really the like sense that it did need to get done. (laughs) It did need to get done because now we're at the age where we've already taken all these billions of pictures of our kids, you know, and what are we going to do about it now? So I kind of just threw them all into Google Drive. And, um, 
one sort of techie thing I have. I have a virtual assistant. And um, you can find someone, of course, that can do this on Upwork or Fiverr. But I had a virtual assistant go through and actually organize. So she kind of hit all the big things like, you know, baby shower for kid one, two, and three, um, all of the uh, gender reveal parties, birthdays. And so she organized those things just with like a simple, it started with just like a list of me giving her like, these are all the kids' birthdays. So she was really like easily able to spot you know, by date, like, okay, all of these are clearly birthday photos. Um, So she organized all of the big, like, moments for me. There's so many, like, little, you know, moments. The the great things that happen aren't always, you know, on a set day and time. Um, So, you know, there's still tons to go through. But it did make me feel really organized. Well, and I was going to say, we just talked about this before we started recording, like, the fivers and the would you say up, is it Upwork or like some of those other sites? Upwork. Yeah. Where you are able to get assistance and it's mm-hmm. oftentimes very affordable. I mean, most of the time I find it to be very affordable to just have someone, I know even on Fiverr, um, I think you can send like a, I don't know, like the dimensions or kind of a photo of a space in your home, like a room or something. And then they will come back to you with like photoshopped like idea of what you could do with that space just to like give you an idea. Like I feel like Fiverr, there's a person on there for everything. And I think organizing into those, um, again, back to the buckets, right? So organizing um, your photos by like those events as much as you can. I can imagine that then at that point, it would be easier for you to say, you know what, once a week, I'm going to go into one of those buckets and clean it out. Like just get rid of like if there's duplicates or if there's whatever. But I think when you're looking at like your photos as like this huge mountain of just like stuff from years and years, it's a little more um, daunting. Yeah, no, one thing, I mean, I hope that I didn't do all of this in vain, but one thing that I also did when it comes to photos is um, I had heard before my first pregnancy um, that people set up email addresses for their kids. And so that was something I kind of filed away in the back of my mind. And I actually did do that when every kid was born. I mean, my third one had an email address before she even got here, like we were ready. But so I have email addresses for each of the kids. And occasionally I'll send just like sweet little notes or funny things they said. You know, when you're sitting there like just scrolling through your phone, I'm like, Mm -hmm. this could be like a really special moment for my kid, you know, later in life. So my plan is to give them all access to their email addresses, like when they're 18 and they'll just have tons of photos. And those are kind of like the little moments. I mean, I know I've gotten written them short emails, like on really hard days or just like funny things that wouldn't have fell into, you know, a bucket or a folder on Mm -hmm. Google Drive. So that's one, that's one thing that I'm hoping, like I said, I hope it's not all in vain. Like hopefully email still exists. Yes. <laughs> like I, I laugh because like I'll use emojis when I talk to them too on their email. And I'm like, emojis like probably won't even be able to like be understood by them. Like they probably won't even be read. But um, it's one thing that, you know, even if not for my kids later, it, it helps me feel like I'm kind of like connecting with future them, if you will. Yeah, I like that. That's a... That's a really cool idea because there's so many things you think you will remember and then down the road, they just kind of get, you know, kind of bogged in and all the craziness and just the busyness going on. So 
I love that idea. Okay. So I know in our Facebook group, um, which if you haven't joined it, it's Healthy Family Project on Facebook. So go over and and get in there. But on our Facebook group, um, some of the parents were talking about um, apps to help monitor your kids online. We do have a full, I think two full episodes, which we'll link to in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go back and listen to those, um, kind of monitoring the online activities and the apps. Um, I don't want to get too far down the road since we do already have a couple episodes on it, but I know it was the question did pop up. So I know your kids are younger, but uh, what are you thinking? Do you have one or two that you know of that you might recommend? So you're right. So my kids are so young now that, you know, when I give them, they both, they both use iPads. I control every app that goes on their iPad and they have pretty limited screen time right now. So I don't really have an app that monitors their online activities exactly, but I do something a little bit different kind of in regards to monitoring is monitoring their physical being. So I um, send my kids to daycare during the day and all of my kids, I bought on Amazon a four pack of Apple AirTags. Um, and so you get the Apple AirTags and you can get like little um, kids watch holders for them. And so all of my kids actually like are being physically tracked throughout the day while they're at school and daycare. Um, it'll let me know if they kind of stray too far from a location. Like, I mean, God forbid something ever happens, but you know, if a kid walks through a door, they're not supposed to and gets out of their school for some reason, like there will be an alert on my phone probably before someone would even realize that, you know, one of them escaped. Um, it's great for going out too. Um, so with an iPhone, like I can find everything and find my iPhone and I set up my own alert. But um, I took the kids not long ago down to um, the children's museum down here. And it's a children's museum. There were kids everywhere. And like, they were just so excited. They were like running all over the place. And I had like a lot of trouble and like overwhelm making sure that like I had all three of them with me at all times. My son brings each exhibit. And so this was something that I did after that. It it just made me feel a little bit better knowing that I'm going to get an alert if they're too far away from me. If one of them runs and I just, God forbid, don't see it. And, you know, they're too far away to where they're like, you know, outside the museum or it's going to alert me. So um, at this age, I mean, I hate that, you know, it comes to that, but like at this age, like I'm monitoring their like physical being, not just what they're, you know, what they're doing online and ask for that, which, you know, I'm sure as they get older. Yeah. I like that idea. And I just had like a flashback to me at like, I think it was called like Monkey Joe's or something like that. One of those, tra- I guess it's like a tramp, maybe a trampoline place that was just like a Saturday <laughs> and you couldn't move because there were just kids like flipping and flying and running around everywhere. And I feel like that air tag would have been key because then you're, you're as a parent, you're just like running around from apparatus to apparatus. Like, well, where, where are they? Okay. Were they over here? Are they over there? So I feel like in those instances, like you said, in the museum, it's like, okay, I have it. I'm watching them. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, it's definitely, nothing's going to, you know, of course, substitute you, you know, playing and engaging and being part of that time while you're there. But at the same time, I mean, scary things happen and, and being able to be able to find them on the phone, to know if they go too far away from something. Right. It even tells me I leave them at school at daycare every day. My phone dings to be to tell me that I left them behind, um, which which I think I did that on purpose. You can set up notifications. I got to fix that so it doesn't keep telling me that. Um, 
but you never, you never know. And so, you know, at this age, like safety is important. And my kids do, they both understand it. Like we say, we're, we'll play hide and seek with it in the house. They love that. They love like, okay, come find me now. And then right. I just pull up the app and uh-huh. I found you. So they think it's really cool how it works. Um, but they know like this is their tracker watch and like they know that they need to wear it so that I can always find them. Well, and I will say, I love that idea and having older kids I use I know a lot of people with iPhones do like the share location but um mm-hmm. both of my girls have their own phones and they um I use life 360 which I think a lot of parents use mm-hmm. and um it's really cool because they can see my physical location you know so if I'm you know in the middle of a work call or I'm recording a podcast or something like they can look on life 360. Why isn't mom answering the phone, you know, and they can look on and see that I'm like at the office or where I'm at and just kind of recognize, you know, okay, I need to just like give her a second. Um, But I can like watch them to, (laughs) which sounds super stalker, but um, you know, I I don't have to constantly say like, Hey, where are you now? Hey, where are you now? I just kind of log in and I was joking with my oldest. She was at the beach with friends um, a couple of weeks ago and it actually showed like movement from like the sand, like into the, over into the water. And I was like, oh, how's the water? And she was like, you are so scary. <laughs> <laughs> right. A little bit creepy. You know, uh, you know, the age I have, I feel like they're, you know, they're not at the Oh, that's my privacy. You know, all of these things. But knowing where they are is so important. One thing that I will say is obviously they don't have phones, but I like that the air tags, I mean, you can put on a purse, you know, I mean, if anything were to happen, like I feel like a lot of the phones are the first things they, you know, get taken away or, you know, the phone Mm -hmm. having the only security there makes me really nervous because if they forget a phone or walk away or left it at the beach, like these air are really cool in that they, you know, you can put them, you can put them in a purse, you can put them in their pocket anywhere. Yeah. I like it. Um, I, I wasn't completely familiar with them. So now I feel like I got the download from you. So thank you for that. Um, so I would definitely have to look more into it because maybe I'll be putting those on like the lanyards. They're a little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> be a little more stealth with your, yeah. with your monitor. Yeah. So, okay. So I know we could talk forever tech tips and we'll definitely have you back on as we, you know, as new things come out and uh, we get down the road here. I know every day there's something new technology. So keep us in the loop. If something, there's something we need to know about, we'll definitely need to get you back on the show. But okay. So we talked about all these tech tips today, but we have to talk, we have to hear a bit about your books. So fill us in. We are going to have a little bit of a giveaway on Instagram. in July. So if you're listening to this episode, you're going to need to check the Healthy Family Project Instagram um, for that. So yeah, tell us about your book or books, I should say. Yeah. So um, my first book, so I came up with my first book when I was um, pregnant with my first son. So I um, had had two miscarriages before my healthy pregnancy. So at that time, like when I was going through all the pregnancy field, it was like a really exciting time for me because, you know, my last two had ended in miscarriage. So like every um, piece of the pregnancy was like so important for me. And so I began right. writing a book, which is a debut book, and it's called Why I Cried Tales from Hysterical Pregnant Women. 
So it's a compilation of like hilarious hormone driven short stories as moms are navigating pregnancy. Um, it showcases a ton of different moms. So there's a bunch of different moms and their stories included in the book. Um, at all walks of life. So there's like single moms, married moms, young moms, there's military moms in there. And kind of like just showing that common thread of, you know, laughing till they cried uh, <laughs> during pregnancy. Uh, the book is sold on Amazon, online at Target, Walmart, Barnes Noble. Um, and we also, this really cool thing where we um, carry it in uh, pregnancy gift box sets. So a lot of great pregnancy boxes, I don't know if you need to get a gift for anyone, are oh, on yeah. Etsy. And so, yeah, so they're really cool, big, beautiful pregnancy boxes, kind of like bump box would be like a more traditional one. But on Etsy, there's these wonderful, like homemade ones, a lot of times by mom, so it helps support them too. And the book has been included in a lot of those gift boxes. Um, but the whole book, it was just really an incredible effort. Like it was by moms and for moms. I mean, every writer was a mom, obviously, for the content, but the cover artist was a single mom. Um, the proofreader is actually mom to seven kids. Um, she has of her own and or adopted. Um, so really every, every piece of the book was like a nice heavy lift by all of my mom's friends. Um, and then, you know, we made it so that a portion of the proceeds go to postpartum support international too, um, which is, you know, an organization that I'm really passionate about. And so we're hoping to do it again. So we have a follow-up book that we're working on now and it's called why I laugh tales from talkative toddlers. Um, so we're pretty far into, um, getting that written and we're hoping that that'll come out, um, late 2022. Wonderful. Well, yes, go check those books out. Definitely look and, um, look out for the giveaway. These are so important. I feel like, like just, I mean, dad's awesome. All of caregivers, you know, whoever you might be, but I feel like showcasing the common thread, like you said, that we're all kind of in the same circus, if you will, <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it makes yeah. you feel like you're not alone. I mean, I haven't dove into the book, but I can only imagine um, at every stage you feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Even in those pre, you know, even before your baby even arrives, I feel like you're inherently you're already like, ah, I'm feeling like yeah. crazy. And so this is awesome. And then I can't wait to, to look at the tales from talkative toddlers. Cause I have kind of like a little quote book that I wrote down some of the things that my kids said, and I'll read them to them sometimes. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, that is the funniest thing. And I'm so glad that I jotted them down. Cause another thing that I've just, when I read back on them, I'm like, oh, I totally wouldn't have remembered this. So good that I wrote it down. I that's, you know, that's how most of our stories are being developed with all just the notes we took, you know, over time. Yeah. All right. So before we close out, I've been asking all of our guests on the podcast the same question. There's really no right or wrong answer. It's just fun to hear what everyone thinks. What do you think being a healthy family means? So a healthy family for me, I think, starts with trust. So trust is really big in our family. Um, Every important thing I can think of leads back to trust. So if you want open communication with your kids, you need trust. If you want a healthy eater, you need a kid that trusts you. It's going to let you kind of take them through new foods. If you want your kids to go outside and experience life, you need trust. I know, you know, and we're also, we're saying you need trust, but we're also saying here's a thousand ways you can track your kids. But yes. <laughs> 
I trust other people around my kids, but I definitely trust my kids. Um, but giving your kids that trust and instilling in them like how much they can trust you, I just think that's a huge foundation to a healthy family and healthy family relationships. Um, I think trust will get you very, very far. Yes, I agree with you. Just thinking of you saying all things lead back to trust and it's so great that that's the foundation that, you know, you're looking at, even though, you know, your kids are at younger ages, because I can definitely vouch (laughs) as they get older, that trust becomes, and especially with the open communication, you know, to have that and really understand and not be caught off guard, um, you know, and be able to trust each other, be able to not just the kid, you know, or child or teen or whatever coming to you and being able to share with you. But for as adults, for us to be able to trust saying, I'm going through a difficult time and I'm going to, you know, being able to express ourselves and not feel like, you know, you know, however, maybe back in the day, it was like the parent needs to be like, you know, whatever. Um, But being able to talk openly about your feelings and what you might be going through. So I love that. Thank you for sharing the, the trust is key. Of course. Well, and again, I guess we're going to close out here, but thank you so much for joining us today, sharing lots of great tips and ideas. So before we close out, can you tell listeners where they can connect with you? You can find me online at yibooks.com and on Instagram at yicriedbooks. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. If you like the Healthy Family Project podcast, which I hope you do, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to connect with me direct, please join the Healthy Family Project Facebook group. I am in that group and it's a wonderful group to be a part of. So many active family, parents, everyone in there sharing all kinds of goodness. So please join that Facebook group. You can connect with me there and you can also connect with me on Instagram. I'm Amanda M. Kiefer and you can find Healthy Family Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.